Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We are six this month. Can you believe it? Six years ago, I launched this podcast called Millennium Money. Not sure if anybody would listen or if it would have any impact, but over 15 million downloads later, you're still here along for the ride. So in this episode, we're going to celebrate a bit. I'm going to share some of my favorite money tips, some personal money lessons, some of my favorite episodes, and some amazing stats that you have helped this podcast achieve over the years. So Happy birthday to us. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. 
Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash CD specials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here to celebrate with me. Honestly, there wouldn't be a show without you, so I really owe all of it to you, and I sincerely mean that because, again, you're the whole reason that I show up and keep podcasting, and you have helped grow this show over six years. I can't believe in 2015 I had the idea. I can't believe even in 2015 there really weren't that many podcasts there still aren't that many podcasts. I think the latest statistic is somewhere around 800,000 podcasts out there. Maybe I have that number high. I need to look at it again. But compared to blogs, <laughs> there's a relatively small amount of podcasts. But you have helped this one grow. You have shared it with friends and family members and even strangers. So I couldn't even be more thankful for that. So just a little favor, if you want to do me a favor from me to you or you to me, keep sharing this show. It's really honestly how we continue to grow and bring great guests on the show. So message five friends, send them your favorite episode, and then tell them to send it to five more friends, and we can just keep this train going. It's really my idea because so many of you have written into me and said, please don't ever stop this show. So there's been a couple of times where I thought, oh, I don't know, should I keep podcasting? Certainly in October 2020, 2018, October 2018, let me get the date right. I'm still stuck in 2020. When I suddenly one day became deaf in my left ear, still deaf in my left ear, I have this complete irony of tinnitus. I don't know if you know what tinnitus is, but it's like the worst TV static mixed with like an air horn, mixed with like chirping sounds all the time, every day. So although I can't hear if you were talking to me on my left side, internally what I hear is a whole bag of noise all day long. And so my body has to work harder. My brain has to work harder. I podcast with basically one ear. Not basically, I do podcast with one ear. <laughs> so it's it's just a little uh, extra effort that I have to put into it. But I just say it's the thing that makes me unique now, right? So I am your one ear podcast host. So there were certainly some times around that I thought, could I keep doing this? And I had to set all sorts of limitations. I only record episodes typically on one day a week. That's about all my ear can handle. And I only record two episodes a week. And so I've had to set up all these sort of perimeters around it. But the point is, you keep showing up and you keep sharing this with people. And because you keep doing that and because this keeps growing, I continue to do this. And I've got so many big plans for the show, particularly this year. So I hope that you'll You'll continue to tune in and continue to sharing each episode, episodes that really resonate with you so that we can not only continue to go to the show, but we can continue this revolution, if you will, of, of changing how we learn, think, act, and talk about money 
around the world. So this is not just a United States problem. This is an around the world problem. And I feel like we really need to be able to talk about money differently. We need to be able to think about money differently. We need to have those tools and tips that really create change in our life because that's what I'm after is if you tell me that things are changing because you listened to an episode and you got inspired by a tip or an idea or somebody that was on this show has helped you personally. That's the beauty, I think, in continuing to do the show and in doing this podcast. So to kick this episode off, I thought it would be fun to answer some listener questions that you've sent me over the last year about the show share some of my favorite money tips and just some behind the scenes info that you really want to know. So how does that sound? All right, let's do it. It's your birthday. Yes, it is. It's your birthday. Yes, it is. It's your birthday. So happy birthday to you. Yes, you. It's your birthday. Yes, it is. It's your birthday. Yes, it is. It's your birthday. So happy birthday to you. Yes, to you. So we've got a listener question to start us off. This comes from Maria, and Maria says, Hi, Shauna. Thank you so much for this podcast. It's been a friend to me in 2020, and I actually enjoy getting smarter. (laughs) It's like school, but way better because you actually helped me change my money and my money situation, which no one has bothered to help me with at all. Anyway, I'm curious. What are some of your favorite episodes thus far? I love listening to old episodes. Again, so if I should listen to an episode again. What episodes should I be listening to? Thank you and sending you lots of hugs from a friend that you didn't know you had. Well, Maria, this is a great question. I love this question. I think we've done somewhere around 680 episodes on the show. And although you can't go back and listen to all of those because of iTunes and various other things, it's probably a good thing that you can't because some of those beginning episodes were pretty rough. (laughs) If I say so myself, uh, the sound wasn't as great as it should be. And I was just trying to figure out this whole podcasting thing. So I'm actually thankful (laughs) that you can't go back, but that is a great question. So here are some of my favorites and I'll be sure to put a link to all these in the show notes so you can easily find them. If you've not listened to them, but I love what you're saying here, Maria, that sometimes you listen to an episode over and over again. And then that's certainly the purpose that there's a lot of information in each episode. And so sometimes listening to it a couple times over, like you pick out other little things and it's like, oh yeah, oh, I forgot that. Or maybe I'll try this or that's a good point. So that's the fun of podcasting. At least that's what I think is the fun of podcasting. So here are a couple episodes that I really love. The first one is called Get Rid of Debt for Good. And I I like this idea because debt obviously is something that is really scary. It makes a lot of us very anxious, including me. I don't like it at all. But this episode talks about the strategies to get rid of debt, which I think is really important to also understand that you need a strategy. You don't just want to sprinkle your money all around. You want to actually have a strategy with your debt. But it also talks about this idea of thinking about debt differently. So what if you could look at debt as the vehicle that helped you go to school or the thing that helped you 
buy a house or the thing that helped you just pay for your tires when you need a new tires on your car. So it talks about the mindset piece about debt, which I think is really important as well, not just focusing on I have the debt, I have the debt, I have the debt. Okay, yes, that's the reality, right? So we need to understand how to pay that off. But we also need to understand that if we just sit in the angst, if you will, of debt, we can't see clearly. And when you can't see clearly when it comes to money, you can't make good decisions. So we have to figure out a way to bring the stress level down a little bit, (laughs) at least down to like, Maybe from a 10 to like an 8, maybe a 7 if we're lucky. Uh, If we can go lower, even better. But when we can do that, then we're able to take these strategies and tips and use them in a more effective way. Okay, another episode I love is called Put Your Finances on Autopilot. And it's this idea of automating a lot of things with your money. So you don't even have that decision point where you have to think about things like, automating your savings, automating your investing, automating your debt payoff, all of these things that if you have to sit and think about it and do it, you might not do, right? You probably could think of like a million other ways to (laughs) use your savings or to use that money instead of putting it into your savings. But we already know that savings is so powerful. So if we can automate things, we just take that out from our decision point. Then there was the episode, uh, Investing Isn't Just for the Wealthy, with Erin Lowry, and I loved this episode because she really talked about how to start investing now, even if you feel like you don't have a lot of money, but how small efforts right now could turn into something pretty big down the line. So remember, the power with investing is if we start early, then we have more time for that investment to grow, to compound, to stack on top of itself and to get bigger, hopefully bigger and bigger and not less and less. But if we look at the historical averages of the stock market over the last 30 years, the average return is around 8%. Now you're not always going to earn 8%. Sometimes it's going to be down, right? But we can use those averages to help us see the power of investing. Okay, I got two more favorite episodes. So The next one is Five Easy Steps to Improve Your Finances with David Waldrop. This episode, most of you have loved. I've gotten a lot of comments about this episode, and it's also one of our most downloaded episodes. Actually, I must admit that I listen to this episode over and over and over again because I just think David's got such great advice about these five easy steps, and sometimes when... I am feeling stressed or anxious. I listen to the steps and go, okay, I can at least do one of these steps. And if I'm doing one of the steps, then I'm at least moving in the right direction. And my last favorite episode is called Budgeting Sucks. No one has a plan, but you can. And I love the idea of this. This is a solo episode I did because, Yeah, we all think budgeting sucks, but it really doesn't have to. The reason that a lot of people think budgeting sucks is because they don't have a plan. They don't understand what they're doing with it, and they don't understand why they're doing it. And the why for each of us is going to be different. Why you are 
tracking your money inflows and outflows maybe is because you want to buy a house or you want to pay off debt or you want to travel or you want to stop working at a certain age or maybe you want to help out your parents or maybe you have a newborn on the way. There's a million different reasons why, right? But when we understand the why, then it helps us stay motivated in what we're actually doing. So the whole theory behind this episode is let's have a plan. Let's throw out the word budget and let's come up with our plan for our money. Plan just sounds so much better and it's proactive. It's day in, day out. Are we using our money in really effective ways. So I hope, Maria, I hope those were some good episodes. I hope those start you on your journey of re-listening to episodes. If you are listening right now and you've not listened to any of these episodes, head to the show notes and make sure that you check out these other episodes because I think these are kind of like, what do we got? One, two, three, four, like the five gems if you will, that if you can get each of these episodes, you can really start getting yourself off on a great path. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. 
I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into The Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in The Daily Book Club. All right, so our second question comes from Carter. Carter says, Hi, Shona. I really love that you talk so openly about your money mistakes. It's so refreshing, honestly, because most people would rather talk about anything (laughs) but their mistakes. 
What would you say is your biggest money mistake that I can learn from and that others can as well? If you don't mind that I just put you on the spot about this. Well, Carter, I don't mind. (laughs) I do like to share about mistakes. I actually like a lot of the guests on this show to share about mistakes because mistakes are what make us us. They make what make us human. And we've probably all done a version of the same mistake together. And I I just really want to debunk this idea that there is perfection when it comes to money. There isn't any perfect. And I know I will not name by name, but there are certain money people out there that let's say have 10 steps that you need to do these 10 steps. Well, I'm just going to tell you that if you don't do all those 10 steps, you're still doing good. If you do two steps, you're still good, doing good. And that 10 steps doesn't equal perfection. doesn't certainly mean that the sky opens up and a giant ray of light comes down and shines on you. I wish, but that's not what it means. So the whole idea behind this show is to get you to understand that while there might be certain money foundations, there are lots of ways to interpret those foundations. So coming back to money mistakes, because that was actually your question. (laughs) I would say probably my biggest money mistake was when I came out of college, I had some credit card debt. They were giving away credit cards, you know, and you get like a free t-shirt or something like that. And that in itself was (laughs) a real mistake because I don't have that free t-shirt, but it sure took me a while to pay off that debt. And I just didn't understand that I needed a strategy. And the strategy would have helped me. So I'd mentioned earlier the sprinkling effect with paying off debt. So I would just like take money and just kind of like throw it around on the debt and nothing ended up happening. But more than that, I didn't change my mindset around debt. I didn't change why I was getting in debt. And so for me, the reason I was getting in debt, particularly at that age, is because I felt like I needed to impress other people. Like I needed to have certain things. I needed to have a certain image. And in order to do that, I had to put something on a credit card and I had to have some sort of debt. And I didn't understand the magnitude of that debt. And so, I mean, there's just a a lot of things about this mistake that I wish I would have done differently. But the first thing was just to really understand that I didn't need to buy those things in order to be worthy of friends, to be worthy of acceptance, to be worthy of anything. And then the second piece of that is that I really wish I had known how to pay off my debt. And we've talked about this in lots of episodes, but there are two ways. One is I'm looking for the lowest debt that I have, and the other is I'm looking for the highest interest rate. It doesn't matter which method you pick, What you're looking at is what are the minimum payments on all those debts that you owe? And then you're also looking at how much extra money do I have per month? So if I have an extra $100 per month on top of just the minimum payments that I owe on those debts, where am I putting it? So using the two strategies, the lowest debt method, I'm looking obviously for the lowest debt. And I'm going to add that $100 onto the minimum payment of that lowest debt. If it's highest interest, I'm looking for the highest interest rate card and I'm going to add that $100 onto the highest interest rate, right? But I'm using a strategy and I just didn't understand that. I didn't understand how you effectively pay off debt. So that debt turned into more debt, which turned into more debt, which turned into more debt. 
And it just was kind of this never ending cycle. And so, man, if I could have known that 20 years old, 21 years old, I think that it would have saved me so much in the long run. But I think I was really thinking about this question today. I think really first, if I had understood that I was going into debt for other people, not for myself, and that that was going to be a disruptive cycle, and I needed to fix that first before I could fix the other thing. Because if I didn't fix the reason that I was going into debt, I was just going to continue to keep doing that over and over again until I had sort of one <laughs> like aha wake up moment. But sometimes in life, debt is just a necessity almost. So when I got divorced, I had to take on a lot of debt because I had to settle things and pay somebody else. And it was just really expensive. And so I didn't have a choice that was debt that I knew I had to take on. So I went back to the strategy piece. How do I get this paid off? And then how do I also work the mindset piece so that I don't get so depressed that I go out and buy a bunch of other stuff that I don't need and that my debt gets higher and higher? So I kind of came back to those two things. And it's it's a process. Every time it's it's a bit of a process. But I would say if that was one mistake, it would be that mistake. And maybe more, maybe it has more to do with my thought pattern than even the debt itself now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe it's just more about understanding that I can be myself. I can show up and be me and be uniquely myself and not have to impress other people. And that means a lot of things. I don't have to spend money on certain things. I don't have to go in debt. I don't have to do the same money steps or money decisions that other people do. My life can look differently than somebody else, and that's not a good or a bad thing. It just is. So maybe that's the mistake. I don't know. What do you think about that? I, ho I hope some of that resonates with you. So the next question comes from Stacia, and Stacia says, Hi, Shauna. This podcast has changed my life, like in all caps. <laughs> I love that. You rock, and I feel so much better about my money situation, even if I haven't had any big sweeping changes. I tell everyone about the show and make them even listen to certain episodes. I know, I'm a good friend. I'm wondering what your favorite episode is. I know you've done a ton of episodes and I have been listening for two years now, but curious if there is one episode that really stands out for you. So I know we kind of already talked about some of my favorite episodes, Stacia, but if I had to pare it down to one episode... That's a tough task. <laughs> I would say one of my favorite episodes was in 2019, and it was called A New Way to Look at You in the New Year with David Lynch. So David Lynch is my yoga teacher, which sounds a little strange. Why is he doing a money episode? Well, he has just this amazing perspective on the power of your mind and body and how that equates to success, not only in, in money, but in life, in relationships, and all sorts of things. And then he also talks about how to embrace the changes that you do have in life when things come up, when life doesn't go your way. So life doesn't promise you much, really. The only thing it really promises you is you're born. And then we know we're going to die and there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff in the middle of there. But we don't get promised that we're going to make a certain amount of money or that 
we're going to marry a certain person or live a certain place. We're not promised any of that. It's really up to us to figure our way through it. So he talked about like, how do you embrace these changes in life? Like particularly ones that are really derailing. For example, like losing my hearing in my left ear. How is that then changing my life? Well, it changes in a lot of ways. I can't work the same way that I used to work. I get tired really easily. My emotions are all over the place. My body hurts. Uh, You know, I, I look at the prospect of I need to have a lot more money saved because my health is going to continue to be an issue for the rest of my life. So he talks about how do you just embrace that rather than fighting against that current? And it doesn't have to be something as big as that in your life. Uh, Certainly not a disabling accident. I certainly hope that doesn't happen to you, but it could be something minor that you feel like you're just sort of swimming upstream and you can't get going in the right direction. So I just really love this episode. I loved doing the episode, interviewing David, and that I love the way the episode came out. So I want to play a little bit close to the end of the episode where David talks about this idea of finding your real self and really answering this big question of who am I and how that then plays into your money, right? Who you want to be, who you are has a dramatic impact on your money, on what you're going to do with your money. And so we've got to know that stuff first before we start figuring out what to invest in and we start figuring out what real estate to buy and all of those other things. So I want to just play the little end, take a quick listen to what David says. And if you have not checked out this episode, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Just go back and listen to the whole episode. I promise you, Stacia and everybody else listening, that this will be a staple episode that you'll come back to over and over again. So here's a, here's a quick little snippet from that episode. Well, I mean, I think yogically meditation and, and, and honestly being quiet and going inside, which is the scariest thing for most of us. Um, I, I, you hear me say it a lot in class that I think especially in, and it sounds, it is kind of a, a pop thing to say, like it's such a fast moving world as if that's the great thing about reading yoga sutras is you discover all these psychological things they were talking about back when there were no computers, there right. were no cars. Nothing has changed. Humanity's humanity. But when you're lost, I think it's close your eyes and get out of reactionary emotion. Um, whether you are in euphoria, yoga would often say in the sutras, painful or painless, they are somewhat equal. And that in a state of hysteria, a state of anger, a state of joy, these are still changeable nature gunas. They are not going to hold. Like, we are going to do this interview and I'm going to go off and do something else. I mean, earlier today I was watching Roma. I was in a whole different mental state and I'm not going to spoil it. I left off on this really harrowing scene (laughs) and yet we're sitting here in the night. My emotions changed. So was the Roma emotion that it evoked in me, which it evoked many, do I elevate that and say, this is me, this is what I'm going through? Look at my life, it's all sad or it's all happy. And I. this goes back to the kids. One of the kids called me the other day and she literally performed and she sang beautifully and the, she got cheers and she was euphoric. And I was like, I'm so proud of you. You're You're absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. And later on, she got a math test and- Sorry for saying this. Maybe you'll edit this out because if she listens to this, she'll be mad at me. She's an incredibly intelligent child. 
She's perfect. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. She didn't get the grade she expected. And she was furious. And we, and I sat and spoke to this thing. And I said, think about where you were earlier. Think about where you are now. They're both you. Why are you attaching so much to this? It's good that you're angry. That's a healthy emotion. So it's showing that you expected more of yourself. So go back and say, why didn't I do as well? Examine what led you to this feeling? What led you to this result? Just as before, you're singing. What would happen? And I know this from performing stand-up. Do you get so high on a night where people love you? And if you say, that's my reality, where do you go the next night where the crowd's not with you and your joke falls flat? You can't live that way. And I think a lot of people see that as the roller coaster of emotion. And that's your day. I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down. I think as a yogi, the thing that I've tried to integrate outside the yoga mat, and you've heard me talk about is get off this, that true happiness, true unchangeable holding of a a state, which is in itself in its pure beauty life, it's going to have a little bit of both in nature. Can you ride that without letting yourself get out of control too high, too low? And when you're in either state, know that there is a come down. Just as when you're in the depths of despair, as we started this with, phone call after utter joy. That was literally the moment I felt joy. That endorphin high that yoga gives you. My dad was laying on the ground dying. He expired literally at the moment. I'm across. He was in Texas. I was in California. The moment his life ended, I was in a moment of absolute euphoria. So does that invalidate my euphoria? No. Those two things can exist side by side. That is the beauty and the fragility of us. And I think if we can get to a point where we can be at peace with those things, even though they're going to get out of control, anger, joy, sex, all these things, they have moments of ecstasy and then there's the come down. If, you, if you're going for that, I want to hold this, that's where the misery gets. That's where the sadness gets, just like a bank balance. You can do all you can, but if you attach to it or a weight, If I get above 200 pounds, I'm not a good person. You're going to have an unvery happy existence. You're going to be in pain. So to me, and I fail at this, it's it's not like it's not. That's a human thing, though. I mean, that's that's struggle we're all going through, right? Yeah. So to me, like every year, I'm like, can I not react so strongly? And when I do, can I say why? Can I close my eyes, stop talking? And clearly, I do that a lot. Can I actually sit and just be quiet? And it's for some of the listeners, they're like, wow, I can't imagine this person ever being silent. I spend most of my day not talking at all, you know, and just that idea of when I do get reactive, positively or negatively, that is part of me, but it is not the definable me. It is not a thing that's going to hold forever. I can work to try to keep the good things happening. But if I am going to fall apart when something doesn't go the way I want it, when you go in and have what happened to you and it's supposed to be a salvation and it does something that robs you of something that is an essential need for living. Is that something that breaks you and you go into rage and you spend the next years of your life trying to literally be in that death spiral of this moment has sucked me in and I'm never going to let it go. And that to me, even if it was a good moment, that's the death of you. It's Miss Havisham in her wedding dress. You know, at the end, what happens at the end of that Dickens novel? She literally bursts in the flames. And I still think about that a lot because it is that thing of your wedding day is a day that you will never forget. But 
That's not the marriage. The marriage is all the days to come. And if you're just holding on to the wedding dress moment and it stops fitting, you're not that pretty person you were. If you view that as the prettiest you were, that's a recipe for sadness because you're always going to feel that life has moved past you. And moments are there to build things like money in a bank account. But if you don't keep putting in good things, bad things, seeing it go down, debits and credits, and know that that's going to move and be able to move with that. I see you as being a roller coaster person. And we've been around people like that. I've been that at times. It's not your best self. And it's certainly not your true reality. And it just doesn't lead to the things that I think make you the shining light. If you want to go with almost hippie language of love that I think I hope we all want to be. I certainly do. All right. So we've got the last question here. This one comes from Douglas and Douglas says, I just started listening last year and honestly, it was the best thing that came out of 2020. (laughs) When I couldn't hang out with friends, I listened to your episode and was able to hang out with you. That sounds really creepy, but you know what I mean. Yeah, totally get it, Douglas. (laughs) I love learning and just feeling better about money. Can you tell me the story of how you decided to start this podcast and what was one of your very first episodes? I know we can only see back about 300 episodes or so, and I know you've done a lot more. So thanks again. Keep it up and please don't stop. Even though you cover topics like budgeting a bunch of times, I always learn something new and it makes me think about it a bit differently. Good question, Douglas. Thank you for asking. (laughs) So in case you don't know, I started this show in February 2015. I think actually our first episode was the last week of January 2015, but I always say February and I had no idea what I was doing. So in case you don't know, I I also teach at a university out here in Los Angeles and they had asked me about eight years ago to create a class. So I created a financial literacy course the way I would have wanted to learn about money in college. We don't use textbooks. We use podcasts. We use blogs. We use articles. We use YouTube videos. We use lots of different real life things to talk about money. And all the assignments are real life. They're really practical things. So I'm not asking the students to like regurgitate information. Anyway, it was, I believe, a third. So that must have been my third year teaching. And I asked a bunch of students who were really interested in financial literacy. They would always stay after class. They would always ask me questions. And I said, you know, what should I do? Should I start YouTube? Should I? And they're like, you have to start a podcast. And so I really hadn't been listening to podcasts in 2015. Not a lot of people had. And so I said, okay, well, let's just figure it out. So literally a week from them asking that was when we had the first episode. (laughs) And oh my gosh, I don't even want to go back and listen to it now. I'm sure it was a train wreck and a half. I'm sure the audio was not great. I'm sure I had no idea how to talk to you on a podcast. If you've listened to the first episode, oh, please don't remind me. (laughs) But everybody has to start somewhere, right? Everybody has to start somewhere. So the cool thing, I think about three weeks in doing the podcast, I started to get all of these messages from friends. I'm like, why are all these people texting me about the podcast? Well, it turned out that it got featured on iTunes 
And it was charting at number like two and three above like Rachel Maddow and a bunch of other really big podcasts. And so I was like, I have no idea how that happened, but that's really cool. And so a lot of people started listening to the show. And of course, some of them dropped off and other people picked up. I mean, that's just the way podcasting works. But we just crossed over 15 million downloads in 164 countries. Think about that. 164 countries? <laughs> that's crazy to me that you're listening to episodes about money. But that's how big this community is. That's how big, if you're sitting there listening and you feel really alone with your money situation or really stuck or really anxious or depressed, I want you to really understand that you are so not alone. I, I wish I could find a much better way to connect us all as a community, but I'm working on that. So you can hold me to that. So your question, Douglas, that's how it started. And uh, I never, ever, ever could have anticipated what this has turned into and the magnitude of how each episode really touches your life, I think is a really cool thing. But um, yeah, so that that's that's the story of how it started. It was it was a student who said, do a podcast. And I just said, okay, that's what we're going to do. And literally a week later, we had our very first episode. So you also asked what was one of my first episodes. Well, I think it was my third episode was called uh, Art of Negotiation, How to Save Thousands of Dollars. And I love this. I love talking about negotiation. It reminded me that I really haven't done a negotiation episode lately for you guys. So I probably should do that. But one of the tips I talked about was negotiating your cell phone bill. And this is something I do with my cell phone bill and my internet bill at least twice a year. So I just did it in January, where I will call the cell phone company and my internet company and say, hey, is there a better plan that I could be on that saves me money? So I just did this. And between those two providers, we save $55 a month. So it's not always a huge amount of savings, but $55 a month is quite a lot. And why I love this tip is because these companies are always coming out with new plans, better plans. So chances are you're on an old plan that costs way more than a new plan. And so these are just little gems, little ways to cultivate more money, to find money in your bank account, and then take that money and use it really strategically to put it towards all the other cool stuff you want to do in life. So that's one of my very first episodes, and I think that was the episode that got to like number two, somewhere like that on the podcast charts, which is kind of my, you know, I'll sit in that 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> it was really cool to see. I took a picture, of course, of it in iTunes, so I kind of have that forever as a memento. It is a goal to get back up there. We'll see. I don't know if it can happen with a money podcast, but I'm going to give it my best effort. And then one of my other earlier episodes was called Budget Blunders That Are Breaking Your Bank Account. A lot of B words in there, but I love this episode because it makes you think about what you're spending your money on and is that helping you achieve your goals? I know I've had a lot of episodes about that lately, but I went back and re-listened to the episode and I'm not quite as like terrorized by this episode. <laughs> so I thought I would pay, play you uh, a quick little clip. So here's a little taste of that episode. 
So I thought, you know, why not talk about budget and budget blunders? Because nobody really likes to talk about the subject, right? In fact, you know, uh, a lot of times when I talk to people about budget, they just kind of dismiss me like, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Can, can you tell me how I can get, you know, $2 million in my retirement portfolio? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you tell me how I can like grow my business by 30%? And I'm like, but wait a minute, we actually have to come back to this like really important piece. And I think the problem is, is that we... I don't know if it's a society or kind of how we teach about money or um, the experts that are out there about money, but a lot of times we kind of skip over that piece. And it's it's just really important because it's really where I've seen the most like powerful shifts in 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 money, in mindset, in direction, and being able to achieve things is really when we start with that dirty B word, the budget, right? And I don't personally like the word myself. I don't, I don't, I just think that it makes people feel like an obligation, like it's a chore, you know? And so I'm like a huge fan of let's change the name, change the name of it to whatever it is in life you love to do. Like I was working with uh, a couple once and they love to travel. And so I was like, why don't you just call it like your travel itinerary? Because it really is your roadmap to achieving what you want. And they were like, oh yeah, okay, that works. And then suddenly they turned into this couple that, you know, was like super excited about creating their travel itinerary every month, right? It was it was creating a, a document that helped them fund the next trip they wanted to go on. It's the same thing as a budget. It is, it is their budget, I should say. We just change the words. So, you know, whatever you need to do in your head to kind of like rewire those negative wires, I'm a big fan of it. But what I've seen after working with hundreds of people really is that, again, the biggest changes come when you actually take ownership over the direction of your bank account. And, you know, the money that's coming in, like, that's easy, right? We love to talk about, well, we probably don't, you probably should you know what, you probably shouldn't brag to people about how much money you make. That's really not a good thing. In fact, it's a way that you can lose a lot of friends. So don't brag about how much money you make, but you know how much money you make, right? If you're in a relationship, your your partner knows how much money you make, but that's the easy part. The hard part is what is coming out of your bank account and where is that going? And, you know, it, it, it sounds so simplistic. It is so simplistic. And yet we have made this step so incredibly hard, uh, filled with so much stress that what happens is most people don't do that step. And then they're freaked out about, you know, well, why can't I save money? Or why am I living paycheck to paycheck? Or why can't I go on that awesome vacation? Or why can't I leave my job to start a, a new business? Right? It's because you're like turning your back, right, on your bank account. You're basically saying like, I'm not going to pay attention to you. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I get it. I'm stubborn. I'm totally stubborn myself. I will admit to it. I, I, it takes me a long time to learn things. It takes me, you know, sometimes the hard way to go, okay, all right, well, maybe let me try it another way, right? So, you know, one of the first budget blunders that I really see is is around this mindset. And again, I don't feel like people talk about this enough because, you know, there was a time where 
I really hated to look at my ATM balance, right? I would go like to the drive up ATM. I would put a check in or I'd take money out. You know, it spits out your receipt and always spits out your receipt upside down, right? So I would literally take the receipt out, fold it, put it in my wallet and never look at it. And I've done the same thing like with, you know, weight when I'm trying to lose weight, right? I'm like, you know, I go into a doctor's office and I'm like, oh, don't, don't tell me what I weigh. Like, I just don't want to see that that number. And it wasn't because money wasn't in my bank account, but it was because my brain would go literally like wild where I would be adding and subtracting like, okay, what's coming up? What do I have to pay for? Okay. If it's this money, it's this money, it's this, like, am I going to have enough? And of course I always had enough money. I don't know what I was so freaked out about, but it, it, it literally it would like paralyze me. It was really sad. And, you know, I, I don't share that with many people except with you just to, to prove to you that, you know, it, it, this stuff happens. Like the mindset around money is so powerful. So it drove me to the brink. And then one day I just started looking at the ATM receipt. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I have to look at this, right? And I started adding things and I start going, you know what? It's okay. It's going to all be okay. It's all been okay up to this point. And I started trusting that the system that I had in place that I had set up was solid, but also allowing myself kind of grace around, okay, I can make mistakes and mistakes are going to happen. There's going to be some months where something comes up and I'm, I'm not going to be able to, you know, pay for those thousand dollar tires or whatever ridiculous expense, or I'm going to have to, you know, dip into my fund for that. I'm not going to like it. Um, you know, but it, it's so powerful, the mindset around money, I often say it's probably like 80 to 90% of the battle. If you can just rewire a few things in your head, sometimes your whole outlook on life, on your finances, on your goals, it does such a dramatic turn. It's just, um, it's almost really hard to put in words, but if you've been through that, you know what I'm talking about. You may be in the midst of that right now, or you may be like, oh crap, like, is that what's coming down the line? So hopefully you're not as stubborn as I am. Hopefully um, you make shifts faster than I do. But uh, I just, you know, for the people that are listening that, you know, you, you've been in that situation or you're in that situation, just know it's okay. But you got to start making these little baby steps to just rewire that that mindset. It's your birthday. Yes, it is. It's your birthday. Yes, it is. It's your birthday. So happy birthday to you. Yes, you. It's your birthday. Yes, it is. It's your birthday. Yes, it is. It's Honestly, birthday. this has been so much fun to hang out with you and celebrate our birthday together. It's like all of our sixth birthday, right? So we can eat cake. You have my full permission to have a cocktail tonight, to have a pizza, something fun, something celebratory. Make yourself a cupcake. Make us all a cupcake you have my permission to do it. Again, you made this all possible. And I can't wait to see where we go in the next six years. This is literally the biggest privilege in my life to come and hang out with you a couple of times a week and to know that it's helping you with one of life's stickiest subjects. (laughs) M-O-N-E-Y. Money, right? It's the sticky subject. So my friend, I'm raising a glass I'm toasting to you and I'm saying, let's continue this revolution. Let's continue to change not only your money and your life and all the things you want to do, but everyone else's along with you.
Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.